three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we are back. We are. Woo! Still here. We need to work on the energy. Haven't gone anywhere. We haven't gone anywhere. It's been f- too long. For I know. Do you, do you guys hear that from me? Right now? Do you hear I anything hear, in the background? Sounds like traffic. I hear uh, siren. Okay, so you do but hear. We don't have the garbage can anymore, but we do have sirens because I am in Montreal. <clears throat> Why are you in Montreal? Uh, I'm moving there We're for the here. first semester of school. <laughs> Uh, because everything's online in you know great city. In fact, what's really funny is if I were to, if I had the balls, I would take my Mac outside and I would peek you over my patio. Because if you were to go about like maybe eight feet from where my patio is, is the Bell Center. Uh, it's wonderful. It feels good to be here. In fact, Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? I'm not gonna do with the selfie stick next time. Maybe. And then also there is another apartment building that's bound that way towards uh, the river. And it is one of like the Habs face three condos. And it's got a giant CH on the top that lights up during the night. So I get to see that. And then if you, you can't see it from this corner of the building, but there's also another black tower that has a CH on it. So I cannot escape the fact that my hockey team is gone and I miss them so much. But we'll talk about the Habs in a moment here. Uh, first off, guys, this is how the show is going to work out for those of you listening today. First of all, you should really go check out the YouTube channel for a visual experience of the show. Because Daniel's got like a, a Where's Waldo, like red and white. Like all he needs are the glasses and the toque and he's Waldo. It's hilarious. What influenced that, 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 that wardrobe choice today, Daniel? The Gary Gold advice of brighter colors on the camera. What is it? Red, blue, orange, something like that. I don't know. I keep wearing like gray and then I compensate with like a red Canada hat to this balance things out. All right. Uh, also, Thank you, you, Gary. On, yeah. If you also go on the visual thing, you can see I've hidden my corner a panda and he is wearing a Montreal Canadian scarf. His name is Carter Hart. Um, because... Had a hat. Hmm? Had a hat. Had a hat. Had a hat who was not the reason the Flyers won, but we're going to get into that later. So we're going to start off with a mini power hour here. We're going to talk about Jesse Pulley Harvey, some Mike Milbury stuff, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, his future in question of Arizona, and Marc-Andre Fleury, and Alan Walsh is back at it again. Then we're going to do a nice little uh, breakdown into the first round series of the playoffs. We're going to focus on the losers and, you know, what those guys are going to do next. In that segment, we'll talk about the Capitals, who have just fired their head coach, Tom Losers. Losers. Back-to-back first-round exit for them. And then in the back half of the show, we will uh, preview the second round, talk a bit about Dallas beating Colorado in game one. Colorado, there are injuries coming already, and it is very sad, but they can compensate maybe going to game two with playoff Nathan McKinnon. But to start, guys, Mark Spector of Sportsnet reported that it looks like Jesse Puglia Harvey – might be coming to Edmonton. 
Alex, boy is back. Think of this. I think it's great. I think it, it, I mean, it doesn't fully fix the issue, but I think it partially fixes the issue of getting Connor McDavid a winger. Because at this point, you can throw most players with uh, Connor McDavid and they'll look pretty damn good. I think the only one who hasn't actually looked good is Andreas Athanasiu. You put Tyler Ennis and he's looked pretty damn good. Alex Chason, that guy got a big boy contract. Zach Cassian, some reason, got extended. And like they, he just makes everyone look good. And right now you have Nugent Hopkins on the wing with McDavid. And you have, uh, who was it? Josh Archibald? At some point it was him or Cassian, yes. Friend of the, friend of the show. Josh Archibald. God. Okay. Him and Anders Bjork are friends of the show. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what do you make of this, Daniel? Because I think another side of this could be that maybe this is Puglia Harvey from a point of if he does still want to get traded. He did dominate in Finland, 53 points in 56 games for Kartba in the Liga. I know I didn't say that right. Um, is there another side of this to Puglia Harvey, you think? Um, I think it's it's only been, what, four years since he was drafted, but I think it's like it's a kind of a prove me now have you gotten better. Um, when he first came into league into the league, I kind of felt that it was – a bit of like a Val- <clears throat> sorry, a Valerie Nakushkin situation where he's thrown into the fire so quickly and is expected to become like a top six winger mm-hmm. right away. And it when it hasn't worked out, you know, he's a bit better now in Colorado. It's kind of sad to see that things didn't work out in Dallas for him, for Nakushkin. But for Puyarvi, I think like there's still that chance. He's still really young. He could still say, you know, I I've said these things in the past and I've used the Euro leagues as an excuse to kind of get the minutes I want but now he's in a situation where he's like okay I'm more mature now I've gotten better let me contribute as you know this much needed winger that the Oilers sorely need Mm -hmm. I I think it's important to remember that last season at the end of the year he needed double hip surgery yes the team uh, what how is that possible why would you wait until the end of the year to get double hip surgery well, there was also the uh, – I think it was um, – uh, they had another defenseman who had shoulder and he needed surgery. Uh, Ask Oscar Clefbaum. And then he was still playing hurt when it was said that he needed the surgery. And I think they were trying to showcase him too. I think the idea there was yes. they wanted to trade him and, or try to get something for him. And, and you're playing this man with an injured shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. But new nope. GM, still big boy, the old boy club up up mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. Again, um, looking at that draft class, if I pull we might want to start getting his stuff together. Matthews, good player. Line A, good player. Dubois, fantastic player. Pulley Harvey, mm, Kachuk's up there too. Clayton Keller, some good players making a lot of money. And uh, Yessi Pulley Harvey might want to start picking it back up here. Uh, now this is, this is unfortunate, guys. Um, we have talked we, – we, we really did talk about – we won't spend too much time on Mike Milbury here because I think what we said last episode pretty well summates everything. But since then, there was um, a game that he was working where he talked about – I'm going to paraphrase here um, – the lack of distractions for players in the bubble. And one of the things he said was basically um, there were no women here to distract players in the bubble. And, you know, it is very much a um, a, a two thousand and late 
take, I should say. It is like nothing short of it's 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 sexist. It's everything we don't want the game to be right now. And man, how the guy <laughs> at this point is still probably he, now he was supposed to work the Montreal Philly game for the uh, for NBC. He did not. Though, guys, I don't think he's going anywhere. He got sent. No, he got sent home. He got sent. No, but what I mean is going anywhere is, and I don't think he's getting fired. I'd be, I'd be, I, I think there has to be conversations. There's, it, this is the exact situation that happened with Don Cherry. The NHL came out and said something and be, and well, I guess in, um, Don Cherry's case, the CBC came out and said something, or Hockey Night in Canada came out and said something. Like, I think there's all these similarities, and I think there's a discussion that will end up being had. Whether he's fired or not is a different question, but I think there's a discussion that has to be had because it has too many similarities to how the Don Cherry situation went. It was an empty calorie apology, Daniel. Uh, though the difference right now, if we're talking Cherry Milbury, because there is a very you know good case to compare the two, uh, Milbury did apologize. It again, it it's, well, it wasn't even the first kind of sexist thing he said in the playoffs. It's just now all of a sudden when you're in the actual like 16 team playoff that more eyes are on him, and he finally I'd say got caught saying something stupid. Mm. Um, yeah, I think was it Katie Strang in the Athletic wrote about it that it's something that I kind of really resonated with me that, you know, are there really any other options that they had, you know, like in, you know, the current climate of media to have someone like Mike Milbury still be on the air, that this is like the best you could kind of do. Like, what are you kind of catering to? Like who are his fans and who, who's someone that, you know, we, you know, we talk about so many people in the industry where they've been able to kind of roll with it, you know, like, you know, our favorite friend of the show, Bob McKenzie. Not exactly the youngest guy, but it's a guy that's been able to adapt as the game has changed as well, both within the game and culturally. And yet we still see these types of voices on the air. And I don't know why. Like, are we catering towards that? That they owe him something as like an old boys club kind of guy? Or it's something that there is a small group of people that go, yes, I, this is my ultimate hockey insight guy like i i need i definitely need him on the air see i i I think there's there's the old guys club like who have that mentality um as in the way they think about hockey i think there's a couple guys who are still on air like that like the the guy that comes out to me at first is brian burke but the difference between brian burke and the and and mike milbury is the way they act the way they execute their their thought process Mm-hmm. Right? I like to say, oh, sorry. I, no, I'm just like the way Brian Burke talks is very different than the way Mike Milbury talks. And how, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Brian Burke's not not going to make a comment like that. Yeah. As an aside, I've met Brian Burke. Uh, have a nice picture with him on my Instagram. Yeah. Really nice guy. Um, talked about the game. Uh, he's one of those people that I think that despite the fact that, you know, he's still going to have that funny idea that, you know, I'm still going to, I would still draft big guys. Yeah. But we like to laugh about uh, Tyler Biggs, hint, hint. Um, it's, he, he, you know, he leaves it at that. He, the, everything else, you know, he's, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. We love you, Brian. Yeah. Again, there, there's the two sides. There's the, 
Mike Milbury's kind of prehistoric take on hockey, and then there's just the whole other part of the off the ice comments that I don't think we need anywhere near this sport. And I mean, Sarah Sivian had a really, really good tweet of like how much she has to put up with this stuff. Like any sort of female reporter in sports, I'm sure saw that and definitely, you know, we should really try and get someone on to talk about this in hindsight. Um, Because my God, I I can't imagine how frustrating it is um, for women in that scenario. Again, we, we saw it with Jeremy Roenick in a sense. It wasn't quite the same scenario, but. Like people pretend. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, just like this isn't the first time someone like this has even happened in NBCSM. Yeah, like people. Yeah, sorry. People think it. This is based off of a one-time thing. Like I feel like I'm reading comments, and this is what I'm like. Oh, this is just the one time it happened in the play. It's a one playoff type thing. Like this hasn't happened in the past, and I feel like I was getting the. I was getting the same. Uh, reading the same type of comments when, when the whole when the Don Cherry thing kind of collapsed, collapsed on itself, and it's not like it's just time after time after time after time after time. Like the last two things that ha- the last thing that happened for Don Cherry and the last thing that happened for Mike Milbury, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was that it was it's that simple. If you go back and listen to anything they say. This is by like it's the thing that broke the straw that broke the camel's pack. Like it's 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 that simple to say. Like we've given them multiple chances. CBC and NBC have given these two individuals multiple chances to think that this is a one-time thing. I, I think is a ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll move on to more hockey stuff. Maybe a bit better to talk about. Um, we'll get a laugh out of this one. Um, last night on headlines, it's great to have headlines. It's so nice to have it, it with, you know. It's great. Uh, Sportsnet, Rob McLean hosts it. CJ's there, old Chris Johnson, Elliot Freeman. And somebody that Elliot brought up, Alex, you, you said this to me first because I, I had missed it because I went to bed early because I was very tired. Apparently a question, a, a story to keep your eye on is the future of Coyotes captain, multiple-time All-Star, Oliver Ekman Larson. I don't have my mind what the Shane Doan there. It's you know what, and the way like purely speculation here is is you wonder if Oliver Ekman Larson looks at the Shane Doan stuff and realizes this is the guy who was the captain before me. He stuck around his entire career wanting to win there in Arizona, Phoenix before it, and it never happened. And now Oliver, and this is after Ekman Larson has committed long-term to that team. And again, you've just seen the man who gave you that deal has just run away. There's word that apparently the Yotes are looking at different GMs and Sullivan you know, might even have a position in another team lined up. I cannot imagine what would you know, even go through the Coyotes' minds that unless it's Oliver Ekman Larson asking for this deal, why you would consider moving a player of that caliber? This is an Olympian in Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes zero sense at all. No. Because he, I get he's, te- yes, he is in his prime. How he's 28, 29. 29. Yeah. 
I, I don't see what you move. Like, what are you getting in return that's possibly of value? Like, mellow a first and a third. <laughs> like, he's literally... You have... Okay, if you don't want to consider him a number one D, and I think you can make the, a very, 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 very strong argument that he is in, in that number one D caliber. That's what half the league is looking for. Why would you get rid of a guy like that? Mm-hmm. Like you have goaltending, you have a number one D, you have Clay and Keller. You, uh, I, I, what are you getting? Possibly getting in return? Like, do you have that much hope in Jacob Chikorin that he can replace Oliver Ekman Larson? Like, that's the only thing that's going through my mind. You trade Oliver Ekman Larson, you have all this hope for Jacob Chikorin, and you can get forward prospects i don't know what i don't know what this team's looking for um then daniel let me ask you about the the other side of this because um ekman larson does have a no trade clause um because if this is if this again friedman said he did not have a hundred percent on any of this but you know if 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 he has the mind to say this on the headlines first game of the second round of the playoffs i think there's some validity to it if this is Ekman Larson's decision, what do the Coyotes then do that not only can they lose, is it looking like they're going to lose Taylor Hall, but then you also lose your captain and arguably the best defenseman in your franchise's history? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it might be comical to think that they're going to trade Oliver Ekman Larson, but I think that if we're going to look at one side of it, uh, I think current management looks at okay what is our core what have they been able to do and what is it going to look like moving forward i think like this is my opinion i think taylor hall is not going to resign there unless they give him a mountain worth of money yeah um and then when you kind of like look at everything else like do you trust your franchise on someone like cleaning color that you know that cap hit's going to kick in but he hasn't really proven to be a number one center just yet um and you take away that, like, you know, you have an aging Phil Kessel, you have Christian Dvorak, you have all these other guys. And these are guys that, you know, may be entering their prime or are in their prime. But I think that's the only time when you consider, okay, let's recoup assets and let's start from the ground up. You know, let's move away from what we had in the John Chaika era and let's start anew. So I think that's the only situation. But I really feel like the Coyotes would to be honest, the, the money and the commitment they have on these guys that you're going to have to kind of keep going with what core you have. So for Oliver Ekman Larson, unless you could get, I think, a capable guy back or someone who's a bit lesser with, you know, some assets here and there, like that has to really amaze, amaze me till I think that he gets moved. Mm-hmm. Daniel said something interesting that man is something about management. I don't think this is management. The fact that it's already been brought up by on headlines, I think, that Steve Sullivan doesn't have the permanent GM tag, it makes no sense to trade Oliver Ekman Larson. If you, like, why? What trust do you have in Steve Sullivan in making that trade? I but think what if it's, it's him who wants it though. It doesn't make if, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's him who, if, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it's him who wants it, even if it's him who wants it, 
I look back at the, the Eric Carlson situation. There is no doubt in my mind that Eugene Melnick was involved in the Eric Carlson trade. There's no doubt in my mind. You want to praise the trade now because they got a fifth or uh, third overall with that pick. Let's remember no one expected like Eugene Melnick can't sit there and say, I expected it to be a third overall pick. Yeah. The day that trade happened, we all thought Ottawa got fleeced. I think there's going to be heavy. Oh, if, if this trade goes down, there's going to be heavy ownership involvement in a trade that involves Ekman Larson. All right. Um, last bit of the news is um, we'll talk about the player away from the team itself here. So Alan Walsh, who is uh, he, he represents a fair few players here. And I know over the past few seasons, a lot of people have gone to the well of Darren Ferris is the worst. Alan Walsh has been a very vocal agent for a very long time. Yeah. I'll read you some clients now, obviously. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, we're going to talk about in a second here. Pacioretty, who he actually – Pacioretty hired him after um, – Pacioretty was almost the king, a whole thing, failed deal, fell for Pacioretty, fired his old agent. Uh, Jonathan Druin, we all remember that whole saga with Tampa Bay before he got traded to the Habs. Uh, Michael Froelich, if you guys remember when he was a flame, there were always talks with him getting dealt and Alan Walsh screaming about the ice time and the scratches that Froelich would get. So, uh, and Roman Polak. So uh, a good bit, of, good bit of business there. So the reason why we're going to battle Walsh is he posts a picture on Twitter. Okay. And at first you're like, oh, this is a nice little piece of artwork here. And it's this picture of Mark Andre Fleury looking great in his Vegas Golden Knights uniform. But he's being – a sword is through his back. Um, and to describe this sword to you, it's a full thing, you know, a nice little hill. I thought maybe it was Longclaw from Game of Thrones, but it's so clearly not. At the bottom of the blade is is the name DeBoer. Of course, that's head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, the team player he plays for. And then the part of the blade that's gone through – like, he did not hold back in this picture. There is blood, and it is dripping. This is a graphic picture showing Marc-Andre Fleury being stabbed in the back and, you know, heavily implying it is Pete DeBoer. And this is in relation to the fact that Robin Leonard has been getting a majority of the starts for Vegas since they entered the bubble for this playoffs. Um, so let's see if I can find it. Keep going. I'm going to, I'll throw this to you, Daniel, because you are the biggest Fleury fan of us all. You are a world juniors fan. Um, we kind of knew going in when Vegas made that trade that, you know, it was going to be a tandem of sort, you know, you're going to go with the strongest guy, especially when, you know, you get a, you, you know, you know what you're getting in Robin Leonard, you know, like, you know, we all love Malcolm Subban. You're not, it's not like a one for one Malcolm Subban for Robin Leonard type no. of thing. You're getting a guy that is hungry to play. And as much as I love flurry, you know, you're going to go with the guy who has the hot hand. I think, Leonard, you know, of course, being a Chicago Blackhawk, he knew the system. And then coming into now, you know, he has that momentum against the Canucks. I think that, you know, I talked, we talked about it before and, you know, Alex brought it up and it kind of made me laugh. You know, it's just, this is just something that, you know, growing up, you assume that's going to happen to Flurry. Like, you know, we talked about Thomas Volkun taking over in 2013 and then, you talk about, you know, the whole Matt Murray thing. You know, it happens. It happens to a lot of goalies. Like, it's a, I 
I don't know how to see. Like Flurry, he's already thirty-five. Doesn't look thirty-five, by the way. And I think he's still a top, top-tier goalie that can play a lot. But to to do this kind of thing to say, like you know, we're not gonna go with you. We're gonna go with another guy, and then for your agent to kind of come out like this, it just it it just seems really petty to me. It seems like this is just poor poor business. In my yeah. opinion, like it's just, it just, it just like, like when I saw it, I'm like, I thought it was a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because Adam and I talked about it yesterday, and I changed my I changed my opinion in terms of I think we were talking about what we were talking about. The agent represents the player, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, the tweet has been taken down. So Mark Andre Fleury called Alan Mosh and said, "Take that crap down clearly," because. Everything that Marc Andre Fleury has said up until today, like up until this point, from that the time that picture was posted, was I don't want to be a distraction to the team. We're fine. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. No I, matter I, what. The issue that I have is the fact that he did it like this in the middle of a playoff. Yeah. It just right. Like I think that's the biggest issue here. Like I don't mind if. Like, I, I just don't think that's the way to do it. I think that just looks – like, if a player did it, I think, okay. But, like, the fact that you're an agent and you're representing this man and it just seems like something – it just seems extremely unprofessional, if, yeah, in this my is, opinion. This doesn't happen in, like, you know, the more outspoken leagues, like the NBA or in the, the more outspoken, You don't see that, yeah. Yeah, like the players complain. And I know Mike yeah. – if Mike were on the show, he'd say all NBA players are babies because that's yeah. what he told me yesterday. And I'm like, okay, I I understand, but they're still open. Um, there is like within like the last five minutes, I'm checking Twitter. Uh, there's a quote from Mark Andre Fleury about this actually, saying, um, regarding that picture that came up, I just wanted to say that Alan has been my agent for a long time. I've known him since I was 15. I really appreciate his passion for the game. I think it was a way to defend me for not playing, uh, for not playing much. But I'm here with my team, and. Uh, Flurry will speak to the media at, it is saying, before they take the ice, media this morning. And he, yes, he did ask um, Alan Walsh to take the picture down this morning, and he did. Yes. And uh, by the way, just one quick thing about his, his level of play. Flurry has a 905 save percentage during the regular season. And in um, the few games he has played, he's at an 886. So. That's right now. He's not been the better goalie, but go on, yeah. Listen, I, I it's just it just seems it seems unprofessional for an for an agent to do it. You know what I mean? Like he's and the fact that he just did it. Like I think the the big debate online was did was Mark Andre made aware of this and Mark Andre approved it and clearly that wasn't the case and I think that makes it worse and I think he's making I think there's a point to be made that hey. Um, you know, like, what does that do between him and the team? Because that's that's going to put a strain. E- even though mm-hmm. it wasn't Mark Andre directly, the fact that it was his agent has to put some strain on the fact, like, has to put some strain on the situation. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in a few years when Max Pacioretty's deal is up and they have to do this type of thing. Because we know that... Look, look at how we talk about Darren Ferris. Look at how, like, 
we're talking about Mitch Marner. Who was who was before? Taylor Hall is next. Victor Mete. Like we already know, there's going to be shenanigans. Um, by the way, Patch already got an extension the moment he got to Vegas. He's got three years after this. So that he'll be like yeah. So in a few four. years, right? He'll in be thirty-four. Years. He's going to retire at thirty-four. He's not going to get a big deal like this at thirty-four. No, but it's not. It's not about getting a big deal. It's about dealing with the agent. It's about. It's different when it's Taylor Hall in his prime years and Max Pacioretty will be 34. Like At that point, you can just say, yeah, piss off. I don't care Maybe about he you. will age like a fried wine. We don't know. We'll get better with age. All right. Um, but I think, what? okay, w- one more thing I just want to add is, you know, there's been a lot of articles about this as well that I think the Leonard trade had to happen. That first year Flurry's there, he gets injured, and they have like, a carousel of goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he carries them to the playoffs, you know, when he's well-rested. And then the next, last year, he played 61 games. And that was all they're talking about because they're like, you know, are they going to get Flurry a break? Because, you know, there's a lot of these back-to-back games and, you know, like, who are you relying on? Like Oscar Dansk and Malcolm Subban. Mm-hmm. And finally, they went out and they like, you know, let's help you. And the fact that, like, Leonard just, you know, he got hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the day the trade happened, this was a discussion. You know what? I just want to last note here, and we can go to the playoffs. Um, I understand if Larry's a little upset because, yeah, he, lost, he more than lost his job in Pittsburgh. The guy had to go to Vegas. Um, <laughs> he had to go to Vegas. What big deal? He had to move from Pittsburgh to go to Las Vegas. I understand. Oh. I understand. Yeah. But don't make it seem like going to Las Vegas – for him is the worst well, thing. When you have a young family, you don't want to move. I understand. Right? I yeah. understand. Or the nice community of Scranton. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, we'll go to the playoff. We'll focus on the losers first. Losers. First. Losers. We all love you, losers. Columbus, we – I don't know why I thought they were going to make a run after their uh, – after, like, game three, I think. But in five games, uh, Tampa do get the monkey off their back, and the Blue Jackets are gone, unfortunately. Um, they're gone. Five games – they held on. Braden Point finished the series as he ended it, scoring against them. What do you guys say to Columbus at the end of this series? Because, man, did they – and John Tortorella did not want any moral victories at the end of this. But, man, you can't help but give Columbus credit for what they were able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to praise Columbus. Like, I, I don't think they made it easy on Tampa. I know it was five games, but – like it wasn't an easy five games for Tampa. The first game alone was two and a half games, mm-hmm. right? So I think you do have to praise they did. They played their game really well. Uh, it's just I didn't work out. Like Tampa again. Tampa played their game, and it beat. It was able to beat this year's Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Um. What I kind of saw that, you know, it was five games. Games were very close. I think Columbus just reached their limit. I think that, you know, they, for all the goaltending and the defensive, you know, I guess prowess they have on that lineup, they just couldn't score the same way. And it caught up to them that as much as like these guys are quality forwards, you know, you're not going to have the same firepower. And it just kind of strained on them. You know, like Jonas Kaprasal, he was amazing, but 
the amount of shots he had to deal with every and also like man that Braden Point goal like can we talk about that Braden Point game winner that was like such a bad mistake on their end for the Blue Jackets that it just it reached a point where you know enough things were going to happen that you know it was going to break for them that you know I don't think they had enough to kind of match up with what the Lightning was like were like pouring onto them yeah I think the biggest thing compared to last year is that Columbus didn't really have anyone who was a pure scorer Right, like last year they had Panarin, and yes, okay, fine, not the greatest example, but they also had Matt Duchesne, right? Like, yes, I get it, he's cursed, but those are two guys who can put the puck in the net. Like, who who are we talking about this year? Atkinson, Dubois, but they but they don't score the same way that, that that's those what guys I mean, do. I think that's what the issue was. That's yeah. Those are their their offensive weapons. Mention Corpusalo there, Daniel. Finished with a nine forty one save percentage. Goes against average of one point nine. Now I'm I'm trying to find because there are a lot of screenshots on my phone. I believe it's um, Brandon Dubinsky. I think it is. Yeah. He's done. done. He didn't play this year at all. I didn't. I completely forgot about that. And this is due to I think a, like a wrist injury or something that it is. I think so. Is a mess. Um, though you got to think now. Um, you use that LTI. Well, maybe yeah. even somebody tries calling you for it. But before, we're talking about. Before we move on, are yeah. we going to have a discussion about John Tortorella? Or um, no? I'd say we'll talk about Dubois first because okay. if there's a question facing them, we can get to Torts in a second here. Um, because the big question I think that is next for Columbus is there are RFAs this season that are big. And the biggest for Columbus, obviously, Pierre-Luc Dubois, yeah. who um, everyone realized this playoff, is a dick to play against. And he is up. He is their first-line center. You can argue he's their best forward. And he's going to need to get paid. But unfortunately, he's got to deal with Yarmo Kekalainen, who is a, uh, a hard-nosed guy to deal with. Daniel, world junior guy, go ahead. So I think I've mentioned this before. I... When he was drafted, I thought he was going to be the next Jonathan Davis. And, you know, maybe he will be. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think he's young. He, not gonna, he doesn't score the same yet, but we don't know. Um, for what Columbus kind of has in their system and where they've been able to draft, and, you know, it's been great, but I don't think they have a game-breaker other than Pierre-Luc Dubois who could really develop into something special. I think... You give him the money, um, you know, you don't overpay him, but, you know, you give him what I think he deserves. And for me, if that looks like a bridge deal, fine, two years. But if not, I say, you know, give him the Clayton Keller type of contract. Because I think, I personally think he's proven more in terms of his two-way game and the playoffs that he deserves that type of money. Mm-hmm. Is, is Pierre-Luc Dubois the center we all thought? would be the next Sanse Kopitar. We just didn't realize that at the time. Yeah, because he was a left winger. <laughs> he was yeah. in the Quebec League. Like, we all compared, we all compared, they said, oh, Austin Matthews is going to be the next Anze Kopitar. But, like, I, I just look at Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm like, maybe. Yeah, no. It's, I could see that, yeah. Um, final note, we'll quickly touch on Columbus here. A word from both of you on this. Uh, John Tornarella is known for loving to storm out of the press conferences and be angry, but it was more 
think it was two or three questions he got after uh, Columbus were eliminated, and he just said, no, I'm, I'm no more. I don't want to – I don't care about these moral victories, and he just left. Now, the reporter who's – unfortunately, I did not get the screenshot. I apologize to him. Uh, he apologized. He came out tweeted and said, that, I'm sorry, because, um, of course, it's more than just, you know, your guys at the Athletic. It's more than just um, that one guy. It's the local – Columbus media who need to talk to him. He made the point of like, those guys need their quotes. And how many times can you write John Tortorella stormed out the press? Conference? Yeah. And it causes the discussion, Alex, of at one point, do we stop loving the Tortorella storm out? And do we say like, man, like, and Tortorella said before in angry conferences, I get you guys are doing your job. Well, Torts talk to us. Like, like think about, for, yeah. Like think about like, we're all journalism students here. Right. Like, yet you, you want to get that quote, and he's the perfect guy to get the quote from. Like, it's all great to get a player quote, and we all know the players are going to say the same thing every game. You got to mm-hmm. get pucks deep. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. But a lot of the times, like, I, I watch – sometimes I go and watch the um, coach and the player th- uh, pressers, and I feel like I get so much more – out of the coach than I do out of the players. And the fact that time and time again, like, listen, I love John Tortorella. I think he's, he's an amazing coach and I believe his deal might be up. Really? I'm going to double check, but either way, like that's another guy. Like I'm locking towards, towards down like now. Mm-hmm. Um, but come on, man. Like, it's cute the first time. It's funny the second time. It's maybe funny the third time. But it's like every time. Yeah, it's, it's it, gets, it starts grading on people a bit here. Um, Daniel, what's your point of view on this? I read a professor talk to me about that. that uh, you know, it works two ways. If we're the television people, you want that storm out to be on the air. Like, you need that. That's mm-hmm. that's that's gold right there. But as you know, like a print journalist or like online writer, you know that that's just so detrimental to you. That like, come on, man! Like we need you to speak. You know, he is a guy that I think is a gem out of what we've talked about with you know that whole not saying any much about anything in the NHL about you know the whole get pucks deep. You know, good team effort. We got the bounces tonight. Type of responses when you get someone like John Tortorella who could talk. You know, he's brutally honest and, you know, sometimes it kind of comes off as like, oh, you know, that's not something that we see all the time. But that's why we want it as journalism students, as people who want to interview. That's what you want. You want variety. You want to put something that, you know, this is why this content's more interesting and more worth your time than anything else. And I don't know. It just, I guess, you know, as a younger fan from before, you think about, Oh yeah, you know that's what he's gonna do. That's what he's gonna. That's that. That's who he is. But now it's just kind of come on, man. Like the other people who are in this, like the whole the media aspect to it. You know, we we need we need the closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his deal, sorry, runs not. It doesn't end this year. It ends at the end of next season. Good, good. Next, we have my probably my biggest disappointment of besides Montreal. Um, biggest disappointment of the first round. Uh, losing Svechnikov did not help, and also losing Stahl for the end of Game 4 when they really fell apart did not help the Hurricanes. Um, but Boston eliminated them in five games, and I, I'm just – I'm so sad. I'm so sad. The guys lost. So am I. So am I. 
The good guys did lose. They did. It's um. Did we mention James Reimer getting shelled in Game Four on the show? Was yes, it? we did. Okay. We, yes, did. we did. Last okay. episode. Sorry to bring that up again. But that's okay. The Canes, guys. How do we feel about them going forward? Still a young team. Still lots of potential. But at least got one win against Boston like last year. Constellation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's next year will be two. <laughs> Twitter is <laughs> such a mess. Honestly. I don't know if you guys went on to Twitter after the loss. Probably, yeah. It was, a, bit, it was yeah. a mess. It was a mess. It was a while ago. It was a while ago, but it was a mess. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, people are complaining about the small sample size versus, I don't know, Leafs Twitter. I'm like, man, just leave it alone. It's a different team. Let them have some fun. Because the whole thing is they're 1-8 against Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last two years. Whereas apparently Toronto was, I don't know, what's the six and eight or whatever? I think. Six They've and eight. Back to back game sevens, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. six and eight. But I'm like, man, just stop comparing, please. For the please stop comparing. Um I I think I really like the Carolina Hurricanes. The only issue, and I think I said this at the trade deadline too. They need like a proper goaltender. I love Peter. Mar- oh, I don't love Peter Morasic. I like Peter Morasic. I love James Reimer. But the biggest thing like that this team needs is a number one proper goaltender. Because right now I felt like they were just going back and forth between Morasic and Reimer, and they didn't know. Like they weren't riding the hot hand. They were riding. They're just. It felt like they were just going back and forth. And it lit, I don't think it did them any good, if I'm being honest. Like, there's going to be a free agent this summer. Well, there's going to be a couple who stand out if they make it to UFA. And Markstrom and Robin Leonard, who you absolutely call if you are um, – what's his name? Don Waddell. Don Waddell. That, like, come on. Get this team a goaltender, and I think it changes a lot. Mm-hmm. I completely agree that, you know, it's when you, I know, I thought of like the Blue Jackets were like outside of the top six, like you stretch what you can out of these guys. And, you know, sometimes there'll be a lot of, you know, they'll play above what they've been given. But when it comes to like the Hurricanes, where they're so solid everywhere, goaltending has to be something where you have to get a number one guy. Like keep, like, I, 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 I like that, I, that point where it's like you keep going back and forth. Um, Robin Leonard, I think, would be a perfect fit for this team. Um, for years, I really thought Alexander Danilkovich was going to come in and be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really worked out the same that, you know, we saw in the real juniors for the U S yeah. team, but it's, it's, it's a situation where, you know, they're really coming into their own. Now they have a good mix of prime guys, you know, veteran forwards and these up and coming like elite prospects that now I think would be the time to be, let's, Let's let's fix this. Let's fix this gaping hole we kind of have on this team. That, in a way, we could we could be solid everywhere now. Hmm. Um. I would also argue that they need some more forward depth because um, Warren Fogle is not quite enough, lads. And um, I'd say just quickly, if you could both give me a word on um on Justin Williams, Mister Game Seven, the gray beard, Daniel. If this is truly the end, I want to remember him as a Carolina Hurricane because I remember 
him winning it in 2006 with them. Um, I know Mr. Playoffs, he was an LA Kings guy, but, you know, a lot of those years he also eliminated the Ducks. So I'm going to remember him forever as a Carolina Hurricane winning the cup with them. Mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't remember him as a Carolina Hurricane, if I'm being I'm honest. My age. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, like I was – I don't even know how old I was. Uh, when did they win the cup? What 2006. Yeah, that, that I barely remember. Ray Beard, that. Justin Williams, not like 20, 2006. I'm not talking about that. Um, yeah, I think this is could be the end of the road. I, I think it really depends on what the hell next season is. I, it seems like right now the most likely scenario is that they're going to do some type of bubble. Is, is Williams interested in that? I can't. I can't imagine he'd be interested in that. If we're back to normal, if we have a miracle, then maybe I can see him doing what he did this year, mm-hmm. take the first few months off and come back. I think he came back around January, February-ish. Yep. Um, and play the rest of the season. I could fully see that happening, but I think it's the end of the road. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we talked a good bit about Arizona earlier. They were just completely slapped around by the Colorado Avalanche. To the point last night, I was thinking, man, Dallas had an advantage in game one. Because Colorado hadn't really played in the Oh, wait, yeah, they played the Coyotes. I thought it was still the round robin for some reason. Because it was so forgettable. Because they just slapped around Arizona. And I guess, yeah. Um, do we want to add anything else on the Arizona front that we did not talk about with Oliver Ekman Larson? There isn't a whole lot for me. Mm-hmm. Dan? Um, not really. Same, you know, sentiment I've talked about before where, you know, there's a lot of pieces that you kind of just put together, but it wasn't a complete team. Mm-hmm. All right. Next. I was, I'm so pissed off about this. The Canucks beat the St. Louis Blues. The Stanley Cup champions are out. And um, the guy who should have won the call there, apparently, the himself, Joey Bennington, was not good. A lot of stuff soccer. coming out for him now. Just not on the performance. Um, the, the Dmitry Pilipovich thing. That one made me laugh. Mm-hmm. What I sent you guys when they pulled the goalie at, what, more than eight minutes left. And then yeah. he's like, oh, good to see that um, Jordan maintains back in net. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. It just Jordan Bennington has gone from, like, a guy what like, I personally see, like, what I think just what's been, like, this the feeling I've had on social media right now is he's gone from the guy that, you know, he's – been in the system for so long and he led him to the cup and then now it's just kind of like he's become a bit of a polarizing figure i i don't know why it resurfaced but all those like tweets he had when he was like in high school um came out and back in 2011 you know like those pretty racist stuff he said oh um, i didn't know about that sexist stuff too it just yeah it there it's out there it just resurfaced when he lost and then the whole thing about like the last Patterson and the calder trophy was another like yeah, don't you piss know fans come after you. that exposed him and then now it's just it's like should it have been Jake Allen starting this whole time? So I just went on that spectrum of like well, yeah, but yeah, I think this change this completely changes uh, a lot of the or a couple things that we we talked about a few episodes or many episodes ago about what the Blues should do. I, I don't think trading or buying Jake Allen out is an option. This is like a Matt Murray situation now where, you know, you lead your team to the cup and then you're okay the next year. We know Bennington's good. 
Yeah, but it's not that, though. You know what I mean? Why do you think Allen's not a buyout option at this point? Because somebody has to be bought out for Petrangelo to come back. Okay, you buy out Allen, then what? You have to bring in a strong – because their whole thing is they they need to bring in a strong 1B. That's that was their thing, right? Like yeah. it's a they're they're one of the prime examples of the one A one B, or they should be based on what I, I don't know how many games Allen actually played this year, but when oh he was twenty four games played, he had nine twenty seven, he was good, yeah, right. So I think he he could have played more in if you look at how other guys split it. What's the one B market going to look like? Is Ant like? The the guy the biggest name to me that comes out is Anton Hudobin, right? He hasn't re-signed yet with Dallas. I I can't imagine Dallas letting him walk. Now we're talking Cam Talbot. We're talking Mike Smith. Wait, hold on, hold on. Where are we going with this? Are we like, saying that wh- Binner's gone? No, I'm not saying Binner's gone. You're asking me why they don't buy out Jake Allen. I'm saying what where I'm well, not I was saying confused why you brought up an Allen buyout. I was like, wait, wait, what's happening here? Because I said uh, Jake Allen is should not be a buyout option, because then they have to go out and sign a strong one B. But who's talking about buying Allen out though? That's what we talked about. That's the hypothetical. Petrangelo. When I mentioned Petrangelo, I mean like I I thought you were saying like okay for like cats, but no, like I thought you were saying like Bitter's gone. Like no, 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 no. I'm saying. I said Jake Allen should not be a buyout option anymore because they still have, then they, then if that's the case, you still have to go sign a strong one B to back up Jordan Bennington. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'm just confused how Allen, because like people were never, I never heard anyone mention him buy. I thought it was like, absolutely not. That's the hypothetical situation that we came up with. Okay. Well, but many episodes ago, did we? That, yes, I said it. I said Allen might be a buyout option because you have no cap space. Well, um, what also doesn't help the Blues, like going back to the series itself here, they also lost Tarasenko, which we didn't really mention too much because he uh, had to leave to go back like to look at his shoulder that he got surgically repaired. Um, because at the end of the day here, this is still a very good Blues team. Who just kind of Alex? You don't look happy with me right now. No, I'm listening to what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's like, I I like obviously now the big question is Petrangelo, right? And it was said on headlines as well that he wants to stay there. And I mean, I don't think it's we've gone back and forth on this so much throughout the entire year. If he wants to stay, and they do have to look at either moving or buying out a guy like Alex Steen, I think you can get it done. Like, oh, this I, is a good okay. player yeah. who wants to stay there, right? Absolutely. But they have $2 million in cap space. You have to re-sign Vince Dunn. Okay, so you buy out – who would you say? Alex Steen? Alex Probably Steen, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go. I'm going to buy him out right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, the way I kind of see it is that three, – Next year, $3.4 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, you're sorry. saving two million. Yeah. Okay. Like the way I kind of see it is that, like, yeah, I think you have to look at that situation where you might have to buy out Alex Steen, but at the same time, like, it just what well, we talked about before, like these moves that have been happening. Like, 
I know that, you know, they needed it for the depth, but like, was Marco Scandella really worth that money? Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, that money could probably have gone to Dunn. Like, to have that wiggle room, I guess, or under the cap, especially when it's staying flat now, that you give a guy like Marco Scandella that kind of contract, and you knowing you have all these other guys to re-sign, who I personally think are immensely, you know, above what Scandella brings to the team. Like, think, so you said, Alex, sorry, how much are they going to have in savings if they buy out Steen? 2.3 million. Okay, so let's go 2.3. We'll add so, the 6.5 that Petrangelo makes now. That's well, eight. No, 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 Adam. Next year, with uh, everything they've done, this is with Petrangelo off the books. This is re-signing Falk. This is re-signing Scantella. $2 million. Oh, so the cast base already has with him out, eh? Yeah, $2 million plus the 2.3, which is 4.3. Then what you move like the the guy here that I think you're moving that has significant cap space is Tyler Bozak. Uh, yeah. what? Who else do they even have down the middle? Had to be a younger guy. Uh, well, Robert Thomas. Yeah. He's uh, Sammy. Oh, and I guess I thought Sammy Blaze played center, but I guess uh, not. Oscar Sundquist could kind of probably move in. That's nothing. Uh, Ivan Bar- Ivan Barbashev. Okay, and you who has not been as uh, as advertised. Barbashev, yeah, they could probably move him or somewhere. Like and then, someone has to play third line center. Yeah, right. That's the thing. And then Jordan Cairo, like, I don't know, he takes on like, think- one of like the gaping winging parts on a uh, winger parts on the bottom six well if it's again i don't think every any of us will have a problem having given tyler bozak to keep on alex petrangelo though um i guess we'll, we'll go on from st louis because again it's a weird scenario in the world right now we don't quite know what's going to happen there but i mean again at, at the end of the day you have time and there are teams that do have cap space it's going to be more yeah. like they're going to they have to get some stuff up yeah but to keep that level of player Definitely worth it. You 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 deal with it. You roll over and you take it. A team that has not just rolled over and taken and have already made a big change. The Washington Capitals for back to back years now, a first round exit. And they have fired head coach Todd Rudin. The first question here is guys, I would I would die to know how you let Barry Trotz go. Because my dear what's what's the most I love the handshake lines. For not just like the symbolism of it, but the interactions you get, like Trotz and Ovechkin laughing it up, you know, Trotz and Holtby at the end of it giving a big hug. Holtby's probably saying, "Here's my number. Call me up at free agency." Yeah. I mean, what an! Im- I have a buddy who's a Caps fan. Was not happy, guys. I uh, what? What do you do? They bring Bruce Boudreau back? Is that do the it. next step? Do it. You want to see him back? Yeah. I mean, there's options out there. Babcock's around. LaViolette. LaViolette's out there, too. Yeah, I, if, I mean, yeah. If I'm Brian McClellan, I call Gerard Gallant right now. I heard that, too. There's a lot of speculation that, you know, this guy is still just hanging out, waiting for that call again. Yeah, and he didn't want to – there was word that he didn't want to go, like, New Jersey because of the, the work he'd have to do. Well, like, what work do you need to do with the Washington Capitals? You already have Ovechkin. Not a whole lot. 
Doesn't matter what else you have. It, I yeah. Uh, a lot of people I've seen are blame are putting the blame on the Barry Trot situation on Brian McClellan. I just have this irky feeling that it was ownership. Again, I'm not. I don't have any inside sources. This is just obviously just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when you're shelling out a contract of that size, like I can't imagine he would like you. You look at the precedent that was set with the Mike Babcock contract, and I think there's a couple other contracts by the that were signed by the time uh, Trot's contract had expired. I can't imagine he was asking for. No, it wasn't cheap, right? Like this is a, it would be a hefty contract. Probably between four and six. At least. Yeah. So, I mean, ownership is most definitely involved in something like that. Uh, What about you, Daniel? This is a, your guy, Barry Trotz, your hypothetical team Canada head coach. Yeah. I think that um, boss moved by the way, by him with uh, what I kind of felt that, I really felt like he was worth that compensation, but there's a lot of things, you know, we don't know what was going on with the negotiations with management and to see him do so well with an Islander team that, you know, many believe that, you know, they were going to tank it after John Tavares and, you know, to beat his former team in that, in that, in the way he was able to this, it just kind of shows like he is the elite coach that, you know, you let go away and get away. So, by the way, according to Cap Friendly, he makes $4 million. That is more than – so what's Quinville, six, Babcock is around six, I think Claude Julian's between five and six. Wow. That's only – and I believe he was making um, 1.5 before. First of all, amazing that that info got out of the Islanders, by the way. But Yeah, the hell. What uh, – and how long is that for? That is until 2023. So he got a five-year deal. That's wow, that's great. I I have no idea. That's what- so that's twenty million over five years, and you didn't want to pay that. And this is off of the additional playoff revenue you're going to get from a deep run where you won the cup. Because like he won the cup, like what else did he have to prove to be like I'm worth his extension? <laughs> I remember there was some rule they, that I think Friedman talked about where he was supposed to get um, a certain boost if they did win. So and I think is- it was a contract. I think it was a one year contract extension that mm-hmm. came with it. And regardless, though, there is no scenario where you should sit here and, and fire Barry Drops. Mm. No excuses whatsoever. I think. Now we move on to a big tire fire, a Canadian tire fire, because the Canadian teams in this playoffs have not just left in just, okay, bye. It's just been in glorious fashion. Game six, Flames are up 3-0. 3-1 by the end of the first period, however, though. In this game, there's a lot here. Milan Lucic, I know Brian Burke was trying to defend him, I don't care. Two penalties he took in that game where both goals resulted in stars converting on the power play. And by the way, after the second goal, uh, what did Jeff Ward do? He threw Lucic out onto the ice. Fun fact. Dallas would go on to score seven straight goals. That's the first time they've done it this season. Not just the regular season, but that includes the bubble as well. So that's the first time they did it all year. And I believe that was without Tyler Sagan scoring as well. That was embarrassing. 
it now sounds like uh, there was a tweet from Friedman or a, a quote from Friedman that apparently um, there were talks about Monaghan before all of this happened. And so that might be revisited. Um, the Flames are going to be investigating some serious surgery here. And um, apparently the, the Pens are doing the same whatever. We don't care about the Pens right now, even though they think Schultz is the problem, not Jack Johnson. Is it fair to say now this is finally the time where Calgary is going to move one of the core members of their team? That is excluding Kachuk, by the way, for obvious reasons. They, they have I, – I don't think they have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty uh, pretty simple. I, I I saw a tweet and I responded it responded to it. Let me find it. Oh, okay. So this is uh, it's Jay and it's at account for hockey. He, you know, when you see radio transcripts. Yes. Yeah, this is the guy who probably does it. Um. So his this is his opinion. Uh. Flames need a total tank style rebuild, in my opinion. Monahan, ba- Backland, Goudreau, Lindholm, Hannafin out. But you build around Kachuk, Dubé, Manjapani, and Anderson. And my and, and my first thought is, why are you trading Noah Hannafin? You look at the guy that guys that you listed as the guys you're building around. Hannafin's 25 years old, and mm-hmm. he's around this. That, that's within a year or two max of the rest of the guys. And he goes, okay, I, I think he's fine and, or good, but also his perceived value is higher than actual and trading him, help, trading him also helps the flames. The flames need to tank to draft an elite C. And I guess the elite center that we're all thinking of is two years, not next draft, but the draft after in Shane, Wright. Or that's, that was my perception. That sounds very dangerous to me. Oh, it sounds absolutely dangerous. Um, you know, um, talked about that before. Who? Joffrey Lupul on the Leafs. Uh, he talked about how when he was traded from the Ducks to the Oilers, when he had to like go through that year he had where people just kind of tanked because they wanted the top draft pick, and then he's like, you know, this is not a situation that uh, always works. And you know, I I take his words with a grain of salt, but. It's something that I kind of feel that what the Flames have, they're, they're pieces that, you know, they, they need to go and they have to do a lot of movement in terms of, like, their, their UFAs. Like, they have to either, you know, realize who's going to be there in the future and yeah. who are they going to resign. And I guess, you know, we've talked about before with the Leafs, but I think it's the same with the Flames. There has to be a culture change that we have to realize Sean Monaghan's not a first-line center. Johnny Goudreau is not a guy that is going to be your playoff hero, your playoff guy that you could kind of rely on when, you know, the games get more tight, they get more physical, and, you know, he doesn't have the space to kind of do what he, he's accustomed to in the regular season. And, yeah, goaltending too. It just needs to – I think same as the Hurricanes. You know, pick one guy. How dumb was that pull on Talbot? That was so stupid. Yeah, and his explanation for it didn't make sense either. I don't know if you read it. He was going to put him back in after two like, minutes yeah. later. Yeah, like what the hell? For what? What the hell does that possibly now, do? Park was saying on Hockey Central that apparently that's a big thing in the AHL. Um, if you want to do that regular season, go ahead. Um, elimination game, 
But like, if there's one takeaway, I know we're talking about the core players in that. Yeah. Um, I don't think Jeff Ward is quite your guy here. I think he folded under pressure there as much as the others. I don't know how you respond to a power play goal against caused by a player with said player. I yeah, like the only the only way you put that same player out is if he's an absolute superstar. Not Lucic. Not Milan Lucic. I get he was a point per game, but let's not pretend like he should be out on the ice mm-hmm. right after he takes a penalty. Uh, just to go back on what Daniel was saying about Goudreau, and, and and the more people talk about, it, the more compare, the more I actually see this comparison. They've been comparing Johnny Goudreau to Phil Kessel. Johnny Goudreau's not the guy you build around. Johnny Goudreau's that secret piece that you add to the puzzle that finishes it off. He's a he's a top line player. He's just not he's not the centerpiece. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you trade a guy? And this is always the tough question. He had ninety nine points before, not this season, but he was lost. He's got three more years. It's gonna take him to thirty years old. A beautiful deal. He makes six point seven million dollars. Because it feels like what whoever you trade Goudreau for, I don't know if you win the deal. Oh, absolutely is a different not. story. But. I don't. I. I don't think you win. the 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 issue is, is I think everyone knows you need surgery, right? You, you know what I mean. Like everyone no, no, sorry, in the, yeah. everyone in the league know knows that you need to change something. Something's not right here. And I think I don't think you're gonna win a deal unless it's a one for one. I. I and. We know how one for ones in the past have gone. They they can they're they're generally kind of one sided. Like Taylor mm-hmm. Hall uh, goes on to win the when's the, the heart the yeah. heart the PK Subban Shea Weber deal. I mean, it took a few years to actually prove that Montreal. It looks like Montreal's actually won. Well, uh, Montreal's most definitely won the deal. No question about it. It's just how you have to. Like you, I just—it's really difficult for me to visualize them winning a Goudreau, uh, a Monahan deal because everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, I want to ask you. We've talked about this before. Brad, for living here. I'm just looking quickly. You talk about trading Lindholm. You just brought him in. Donkey Hamilton went the other way. Also bringing in Monahan would be deal him. I'm also looking, and I did not know. That Mikhail Backlund, who was 31, has five years, sorry, four years in his deal after this at $5.3 million. I think that was like a loyalty kind of contract. How long, does, how long is True Living's leash here? Not not very long. Like, uh, like, well, the, like the amount of deals that have been here or the guys they've kind of kept around. Like, you know, Mark Jankowski has become maybe a solid depth guy, but, you know, he you know, echoes of a first round pick for 2012, but it's just, it's the way this team has been built that, you know, it's, you had to perform. You had to, you had, you made the bold moves. Okay. Yeah. You know, trading Dougie Hamilton, you kind of gave, you gave it to the Goudreau and Monaghan to be like, you know, let's lead this team. And they didn't do it. And, you know, Matthew Kachuk is probably the, and I guess Elias in home to a certain extent, given like, his contract is, you know, it's a bit of a bargain, like four point eight five. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you just you, you got to do something now. You gotta 
I, I think you guys got to trade them now. All right. Um, the last of our playoff losses here. The Habs lost in six games to the Flyers. In a series that they probably should have won, in my opinion. I thought they were the better team. Though hitting like six posts in two games and about 12, 12 own goals. Ben Chirot, thanks. Simply don't put the puck in your own net. <laughs> really cost the Habs here. But um, there's been a lot of, you know, once it Ken Reed says, sometimes you have to appreciate what you have and not what you don't have. And, man, 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 this team, I'm hurting. I'm hurting from the Habs. Because, man, they, they really could have done it. And they had no right to be able to do it. They had no right being here and beating the Penguins, and they did it. I'm proud of them. I was after the game. I was so heartbroken. I still kind of am. But man, they're a good. They're a good team. They're gonna be good next. They're a good team. Just get that well, story forward. Shows up. What? Uh, if the team same team shows up. You know what I mean? They were that. We've had this debate. They weren't healthy. And what happens? No, they do need to add depth. But the young guys are there for that. This is the team I was telling you guys that existed. Yeah. I mean, Jake Evans was the only fourth liner playing in that game. Like, And he's only had a handful of NHL games. The defense weren't even a problem. It's that scoring. They need the additional scoring top line winger I've been screaming about. So who's the better scoring team, the Blue Jackets or the Canadians? The Canadians. Yeah. Don't even try it. I could tell, like I can pick out. I mean, many like, players on Montreal who are better than the Blue Jackets scoring. Now, if we now look forward, oh wait, wait we should probably talk about the fact that no, we'll talk about player safety in a minute, won't we? Um, so it turns out Brendan Gallagher didn't just have a broken jaw; he had a a torn hip. From the Penguin series, apparently. Of course. Which of is course. like, how do, how do you tear a hit? But you know. I don't know. Oh, and then. We're thinking like, him the best right now. I'm thinking yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You already yeah. got his jobster. You know, I got pretty upset with that, like that hit. Like you know, Matt Niskanen. <laughs> I liked him Sorry. on the Penguins. It Sorry. wasn't even gonna be Sorry. like, even if Bergallier hadn't turned around, it was gonna be in the back of his head. That yeah. was intent uh, to injure. Sorry, before we before we move over, move on. Adam just seems so upset that Brendan Gallagher already got his jaw. He he put he as soon as he they tweeted he got jaw surgery. The first thing I I saw was Adam's tweet saying, "Come on, man! I waited like two months." More than that, I was supposed to have in May. In May, in May, and I'm you're absolutely right. I thought it was it was funny. And like I get it. Because he's uh, yeah. rich, yeah. and he plays for a rich team. But yeah. I, I can be upset about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can Are you guys going to the same doctor? No. No, I don't think so. No, okay. I know he got it in Toronto. But oh, otherwise, okay. I'm calling up Crescent Oral Surgery, and they say, what the hell, guys? Hey, come on. Brendan Gallagher got it the day after, okay? Let's, and let's there, move, there were a lot of Let's move things, things along. along. Yeah. There's, There's a, a lot of Bruins fans. There's a lot of Leafs fans yeah. in that there is a Bruins fan, but she likes Brendan Gallagher. We're talking about That's that. Good. So, That's with good. this series, Adam, as I'm going to ask you the question, sure. where does Montreal go from here? Okay. So, number one, whatever Kadobin wants, 
you give it to him and you bring him in to be the backup. Or it's Grice, I don't care. Go get a backup goalie who can play and let Price rest. Because if this series showed anything, it's that, hey, guess what, idiots? He's still good. He just needs some rest, goddammit. Oh, it's, oh it's so, it was so heartbreaking to see him in the heart. It was so sweet. But so, like, that's the first thing you need to do. Go get a damn backup goalie for Gary. Like, a good one. Not Charlie Lindgren. Sorry, dude. And Primo's not ready yet. Let him, let him turn Keith into Kincaid? a ripe fruit. What let about him. Keith Kincaid? Keith Kincaid's dead. He's gone. Where I don't know. It? He's already, like, at free agency. He's already on the bus waiting to go somewhere else. Oh. <laughs> um, and then, like, get a – like, go get a, a goal scorer and play in the top six. Like, go Mike get Hoffman? I keep hearing okay. Mike Hoffman's name. Taylor Hall. It, him, no, 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 I don't want No, I don't want that. Another Darren Ferris client? Is that what you really want, <laughs> Daniel? Come on. People have talked about either him or Dadunov. Um, yeah. I think either of them would work. Yeah, you just want to be careful with the term there. And um, I, I think, like, get some better forward. I know I yell about Craig Smith. I don't think he'd be the worst option. Or, like, no. you see how the young guys go because – I mean, I, uh, you figure out what you're doing with Max Domi too, because like I don't know, I don't know what he didn't score a goal. Is he a top six winger or a fourth line center? Okay, first, like, okay, stop it. That's because um, I remember that I was saying that. Player, it's just the guy just needs to do something. He's he's kind of he's a frustrating player. Again, I've said this before. I think I think you trade Domi. I think the time's come. I just think the Kotkaniemi and Suzuki played to such a level. Deneau as well. Evans has already kind of penciled himself in to steal fourth-line center from whoever next year. Evans was more effective in his role than Domi was when he was down there. Just take that in. Domi's, like, lost his place on this team to me. Sorry, Max. I really like you. But it's kind of like what happened with Goudreau and that. He didn't perform, unfortunately. Yeah. Just didn't. He was given top six time. He was on the power play. Didn't score. <sighs> We need that. This is your first playoffs ever, and you failed. Just, you know, I think that's what's what's really next for my boys, and I love them. Um, and, yeah, shall we talk about player safety then before we go on to preview the second round? Or is there anything else you guys like to ask me about my beautiful team? No. How do you feel, and is there anything you want to say? How do I feel? I am – Excited, and I am. I am. I'm really looking forward to next season. And do you know what? I want. I want to say this about about Carter Hart. Um, it, it hurts, but I. I almost felt, and I'm not saying that that Carey's cooked, obviously, because he's clearly not. And I'm just getting all my stuff up here to make sure I have it all. Uh, he told Carter Hart in the lineup apparently that, like, good job, kid. Good luck the rest of the way, and I'll be watching you. Which has got to be the coolest thing ever. So I was, it was, it's really funny because it was like Nate Thompson. He's like, yeah, come here, buddy. And I think it was like Moracek, Carter Hart. Oh, come here, buddy. And then Michelle Terrian was next. He's like, this is the funniest thing because they don't care about him. All right, um, player safety. So we talked about it. Brendan Gallagher, there was, you know, fighting for a puck, turns around to Matt Niskan who cross checks him, right? Regardless, it was always going to be a dirty play. But as a result, Brendan Gallagher gets a broken jaw from it. Has to get surgery. Terrible. Magnus Kidin gets a one-game suspension for it. 
So, Brendan, even if the Habs had gone on to win game six and force a game seven, um, bro, um, sorry, Niskanen would have been back before Brendan Gallagher. And uh, I just don't know how exactly player safety can continue to look at themselves in the mirror and not laugh at themselves because that is just so egregious to me. They're a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Jake Evans in that game as well got cross-checked in game five, sorry, got a cross-checked to the face. Um, he was bleeding. Nothing from that either. Like, it was a four-minute thing on the call, but, like, we saw it with Gallagher and Charler in a year two, cross-checking someone in the face, and then Niskanen was the worst in them all, clear intent to hurt. He injured the guy. Nothing. There's just nothing there. I can't stand it. Like this is and, and and like this isn't just like you need to protect your stars. Unfortunately, in this league, that's just the way sports work. You have to put a premium on your stars. And how you let a scrub like Niskanen take out, you know what? It, it's either Price or Gallagher or Drew and her the face of the Montreal Canadiens, and you let that happen. Niskanen, who gave someone a concussion a few years ago, I'm not going to say who it is, but. Is not his name rhymes with Cindy Gosby, Disney Crosby, Sydney Crosby. His former teammate. No more rhyming. No more rhyming. No more rhyming. And there were like video examples of stuff Niskanen's done over the past few playoffs, and he's gone the way of everything. And he gets one game. So you're telling me that's two regular season games of a suspension, really? Is that how they do it? Apparently that's the rule. Because he's, he's a repeat heard, defender. No, he's no, no. Is he? No. It's it's, oh. it's history. Repeat offenders is over the last eighteen months. Oh, I believe okay. twelve to eighteen months. I don't remember the exact. I could search that up for sure. Because if Rafi Torres hadn't hit anyone for two years and then does it again, he's not a repeat offender. If he was still playing after he got that forty-one game, remember that. Yeah, that's that's the precedent. That's that's the yeah. the precedent that you are setting for player safety, by the way. Well, that is that was set by the players and the league. That's my understanding. All the it, it, uh, is it two games? Because I heard Burke to say four to one. He I've goes back before. on it like every other time he talks about. It. Because Brian Burke is never going to talk bad about player safety. Uh, that's not he's true. Had- that's not true. This time, to- I've, I've, when Brian Burke says that you made the wrong decision, and I heard TV. he said it on TV. I raised the volume. I saw the hit. I'm like, what the hell is Brian Burke going to say? I've heard multiple people who rarely criticize the Department of Player Safety criticize the Department of Player Safety on this hit. I thought he said, "I'll never disagree with player safety," and he didn't say anything on there. I thought I heard him say it on TV. The day, the, the day they got suspended, I don't remember what game was playing. Daniel, did you happen to hear this? We can have a tiebreaker. Did you not? I did not. I'm going to see I if apologize. I can find it. But anyway, you guys. Okay. Either way, even if it wasn't yeah. Brian Burke, I've read multiple people who generally don't disagree with what player safety hands out. If anything, they think they're too soft. Um, and and they've been disagreeing with them. Like the biggest one that comes out to me is someone like Nick Caprios, who's like, come on, man. Like that's at least a, a few games. 
Like, I, I don't see it. Like, listen, I, I'm going to start. I'm going to get on a rant. It's not going to be fun. But how do you, uh, how do you give one game? Uh, like, there's literal precedent set from last playoffs. There's literal precedent set from last year. And I'm sorry to bring up the Leafs. I don't care if, if, if I, I, I'm crossing off the bingo card. Just, just make the point. But Nazim Kadri literally cross-checked Jake DeBrusk in the face, and got, and, and in total got four games. Repeat offender, though. Okay, let's. So right now we're talking about two games versus four games. So we are now doubling the suspension. He should not. Matt Niskanen should not have touched the touched the ice for the rest of the series. Minimum, minimum. It's not even a question. It shouldn't even be a question. And and I think they've done such a the and department of player safety is such a joke that they there's so many plays. Have you do you guys? I know Adam does. Daniel, do you follow Rachel Dory? Yes. Okay. Did you see her thread of every single dirty hit? I've seen the yeah, like seen let's. Take my leaf bias out of it, because all everyone I know thinks everyone knows. Like I, I know everyone thinks that all I talk about is the Leafs, but there are multiple examples. There's maybe one exam, leaf example in that thread where there's dangerous hits. Everything else is non-Leafs related. Mm-hmm. How do you sit there and think I'm doing a good job? How do you possibly sit there and think I'm doing a good job and watch every single person complain? Again, um, Char cross-checked Gallagher in the face and only got a fine. The uh, the league, the department of player safety is a joke. The, it, it starts with George Peros. I don't care if he didn't get suspended. He's a dirty player. He was an enforcer. That was literally what people called him. How, okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Enforcers and dirty players are very different things. He was both of them. He never got suspended. Let's just put, like, what else was he? What else was he? Yeah, he was an enforcer. But was he dirty? Okay, he was a he was a piece of garbage. How about that? Are we fine with that one? Who are we talking about again? It's George Peros. I don't know. Like on the ice, he was a fighter. Like I don't know. Like he he didn't he didn't really have the dirty hits. Okay, like, he fine. was. He's he not was a dirty player. Fine. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Ducks. Like not okay. because he was on the Ducks like winning cup team, but like it's he he was more of like. A pain in the ass. He was like he—he okay. he was like the guy that you know you you swear up against the other team's enforcer, and you know he did his job for the night. Okay, so he's a fighter. He is an enforcer. I don't care if he did not get suspended. Are you trying to fix the issues in the league, or do you not give a crap? Because putting George Peros in a position where okay, he's never been suspended, but I'm I'm very convinced that he leans toward the old style of hockey than what we're all like what science is saying. Mm-hmm. So which one is it? Gary Bettman in the NHL, like figure it out. If, if that's, if you don't want it to be that way, don't pretend like you care. Don't pretend like you care about the players mm-hmm. and it's not just the stars. And I understand you have to protect the stars, but if the rule is a rule, make like, let's go. Like, let's figure this one out here. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, and, and Daniel, we kind of saw it with the Yesberry Kotkinemi stuff. 
Um, I was hot when I watched it, but really the moment that um, that the player, I'm sorry, I can't remember who he hit. Uh, Sandheim. Sandheim. Okay. The moment Sandheim started bleeding, then yeah, that's fair. Like that's I, what I think I did it's fair it. enough you throw it because the moment there's any sort of contact with the head, you need to crack down on it as in the NHL. Like you have to do that. In sports in general, we need to start worrying about that. The head's pretty important, lads. The brain is really? pretty important. So is that what science has been telling us or Yeah. Um, Advanced numbers. Okay. Damn. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and uh, yeah, with the Gallagher stuff, it's like again, it was gonna be the intent to almost hit him in the head was a possibility. And the the and Daniel, like that moment of like the last second of Gallagher turning away was even mentioned in the video. So they, they have like how they could see everything coming. But they still kind of went, nah, now nah, we're fine. And w- yeah, one, one it was game. like it was like a heat of the game type of like a reflex that you no, know. No, it's, it's not. It's, it was like, not. What a joke. I don't know. Like not 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 saying like I'm offending him, but I'm just saying no, like it's like the way I I don't know these I guess these playoffs go that I don't know, he just wasn't thinking and like that's 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 on him. It would have been boarding too. Like he would yeah. Gallagher would have been crushed. Would it have been he, boarding? Yeah, so if Gallagher hadn't turned, the force that uh, Niskanen was going, he would have boarded Gallagher. Oh, okay. It would have been it would have been bad. Um, no. So do we want to very quickly just um, give some predictions and, and some no. stuff into the second round of the playoffs, eh? Okay, we'll start off. Dallas, they do win game one. Grubauer was hurt. Uh, Eric Johnson left, came back, and left again, fortunately. But playoff McKinnon's looking pretty good. Dallas, Colorado, who do you guys – have here uh colorado colorado what about you daniel colorado and six okay and you guys want to give me a quick word as to why you think it's going to nathan mckinnon that's fair uh more of a balanced team like they're they're uh their their top guys are performing and you know even though when there's injuries here and there like they've been able to kind of you know hold the fort Okay, and I'm going to put this on the Google Doc so we can all uh, keep track. Okay, this is, in my opinion, the series to keep your eye on. Boston and Tampa Bay, lads. I Oh, by the way, I'm going Colorado because I've, I've been on that, that train all, all year. <laughs> I think that's the consensus thing this whole year for us, yeah. or this whole COVID thing for us. Yeah. It's been Colorado yes. sweeping it all, winning everything. Oh, they're amazing. Um, and, and in the East, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Because I'm going to agree with Mike. I think it's their year, guys. It's going to be – or it's going to be Colorado stopping them. But I, I, I really see Tampa, Colorado. That would be a fun final. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, we all have yeah. Tampa Bay. All right. Tampa and seven. Yeah, I that think. one's going all the way. I'm going to say Tampa and six. Tampa and – no, it's going to go to game seven and then Steven Stamkos, like, reemerges with his entrance music. That would be nice. Coming for game seven. That, that would be very nice because he's on my fantasy team. And <laughs> I was told he's coming back. But All right. Um, another series. And, and, man, Philly's top guys who have not been performing need to step up if they have a chance against the Islanders, guys. Um, though I am I'm going to go with the Isles in this series. Lots. What about you guys? Philadelphia. Really? What yeah. about you, Daniel? Uh, the Islanders. Okay, so Alex, you're the odd one out here. Why are you saying? Um, why are you saying? I think the I think the big boys wake up. I think. You think? I think so. 
Okay, we're going to go Thingy and Daniel, and we're going to go Alex, Go, and Bill, Lee. And then um, the battle of the Pacific Division. Pretty good teams right here. Vegas versus Vancouver. The young guns, Jacob Markstrom, is making more and more money with every save he makes. <laughs> Lads, I am going to go with Vancouver. Wow. I hate oh them. my God. So I'm hoping I will jinx them. I'm saying the Canucks are going to win in six games. <gasps> this is incredible. Wow. This mm-hmm. is incredible. I'm going for the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. I say the Canucks. Okay, this is going to be my story. The Canucks go up 2-0. Fleury comes back in. And the Golden Knights win in seven. Oh, okay. So you're saying Vegas. And what about you, Alex? I really do want Vancouver to win, and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a closer series than most most people think it's gonna be, but I think Las Vegas does end up coming out of this one. Yeah. All right then. I think that is everything. Wait, um, can we just quickly before we go? Let's um. Just because they're a Canadian team doesn't mean we have to cheer for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm because getting I've heard that a lot too. Yeah. We all know if it was Toronto, it wouldn't be the same thing. Okay, let's just put that. Let's let me put that out there now. If Toronto or Montreal were were making it like they were the only teams left, it wouldn't be. Oh, it's Canada's team. We have to cheer for them. It'd be screw yeah. you. That's what it would be. If it was Ottawa or Winnipeg, I'd say, oh, I, yeah, sure. But like Calgary, I've lost, they've lost it for me. Toronto, of course, I'm not going to root for them. Um, Edmonton, yeah, get out of here. Oh. <laughs> Never losers. So yeah, if there was a Quebec City, I'd root for them, but that's not going to happen. Like, All let's right. not pretend. Like Toronto, the Raptors and the Blue Jays are Canada's team because they are the only team in Canada. Okay. I don't know about that. We mean you don't know about that. I'm not rooting for them. No? Yeah, but they are technically can't. Who are you rooting for? Let's just. I mean, Yuppie still lives on with the Expos in his heart. Man, did they come back? They're not getting him back, by the way. These are Um, By the way, for those of you who don't know, the Colorado Avalanche's mascot is a St. Bernard, and that doesn't make any sense to me. don't you. know what. My... But that's everything. Yeah. If you enjoyed the show. Why not leave the five? Don't be the guy who left the two star rating. Oh, we're like, coming back to this again. If you're gonna give us a lowest rating, just tell us what we did wrong. Like we I want, we want to get better. We know who it was. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't think it was. But anyway, um, <laughs> is that person likes all three of us? Episode conspiracy. Someone, was, someone, someone was on the episode. You just don't like Mike. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. I love then. it. If you are watching on the YouTube channel, you can see all three of our beautiful faces and my panda. Give it a yeah. like. Subscribe. I hear pandas are native to Montreal. They are not. I wish they were. <laughs> I would love a panda. Um, be sure to check out the YouTube. Subscribe there. Check out my YouTube channel. Mike Gallagher video got a thousand views. Wow. Wow. The watch time wasn't fantastic. Fancy. But that's fine. Oh, that's I watched the whole thing. So did, did I. you? Thank yeah. you. Did so you watch my second video? Did I? The the uh, yeah. I'm about it's it's, it's, it's in queue. Is it? I Yes. You should then watch it because okay. I was yeah. very sad. All right. Um, I don't want to be depressed, though. It's sad. 
Well, you see what I'm like now, so you can compare the two. Okay. All right. Um, you can also check out the show's Instagram and Twitter. We have a bingo card coming. I just haven't gotten around to transcribing right. it yet because I'm lazy. Um, and I can, you know, kind of move to a different province. And um, I think that's everything. Voice Ed, thank you as always for being a great platform. We love you. Follow our it. social medias as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. All okay. that. We're okay, fine, we promise. Oh, okay. I'm a good follow. Okay, see you guys. <laughs>